Hello and welcome to The Front Room. This is episode 9 of The Front Room and my name is Sebastian Edwards. For those of you that don't know, The Front Room is for best. It's for the best forms of media, be that social media or traditional media, that encourage you to find your blackly black self. Yes? Cool. So today is the start of a new era for the front room as we move days. We've moved to Mondays, so no longer will you be getting me at the back end of the week, you'll get me at the front end of the week. So many gay jokes in that sentence, but we're just going to let them roll. Yeah, because those of you who have dirty minds have dirty minds and I'm not here to perpetuate stereotypes. So, new day. And also, something special is coming as well because I liked collaborating with Dan and Nick so much that we're going to do another episode with them. But we're also going to do a couple of episodes with different people in very specific fields. Um, So... The section that we have called So I Have a Question, it's going to be opened up a little bit more. And even though it's going to be me answering the questions, it's not always going to be me giving you my take on the answer. So I'm really excited actually about that. So I have asked five people ready to do section. Well, that's more than five people, but five people will come back and say yes. Because, you know, I'm a little startup, and some people just look at your figures and just be like, mm, when you get the thousands, then come back to us. And other people are here for you as you build something new. And those are the people that you're going to hear first off from. So, yeah. So, brand new era for the podcast. We're here on Mondays now. Yeah, and we're going to try and bring you a little bit more joy into your work weekday life. Because things seem to be going back to normal. Or do they? Anyway, time for an introduction. So how was your week? It was strange, innit? Yeah, standard always. Yeah, another weird week. Chalked down to the strangeness of the situation. This year, it's just been funky and fucked up. That's not a joke. Yeah, everything that could have gone wrong has gone wrong. Everything that could have gone right has gone wrong. And then gone right again, and then in writing ways that you never saw coming. So I'm sitting here now talking to you from a studio flat that up until three weeks ago I didn't know it even existed. I wasn't even trying to move to anywhere by myself. I was trying to just find somewhere decent with nice ceilings and walls, and maybe a probably intersexual gay flatmate that understood the struggle and the progress. So now I'm all by myself. And it's very strange because I've got it through a housing cooperative that I didn't even know was available for someone like me in London. But, you know, COVID-19, so everything is possible. So after spending 14 weeks in a hellhole, because it was a place that I took because I was working constantly, because I was looking to rent somewhere, by myself long term so I knew that I wasn't going to be spending a lot of time sitting in that room particularly just looking at the four walls or dealing with the people that were my flatmates I'm now free of such said place and I'm in the place by myself which is really cool and then really strange at the same time because I wake up and everything's 
where I left it and no one's touched anything or no one's done anything to the kitchen surfaces and I don't really have to re-wash down. But it's also kind of like, it triggers me because I, I, I probably said this before, but I've realised just how much, like, my mother I've become as I've become older. There's certain things about a West Indian um, upbringing about our standards for everything when it comes to our house that you fight and you rail against when you're a child because you don't see the relevance of it and also it's just a form of torture that adults pull upon you to keep you in line and keep you doing stuff so that you're not running around having things like I don't know fun or sexual relations with other men but hey but yeah so now I'm like wiping down surfaces continuously getting out the the floor for the toilet the fact that I'm using the floor if you know what that is you know what I mean yeah my mum came the other day and she literally came with sage and uh, white white something white lilies or whatever she was using and burned incense and put up candles and then when I told her that I was allergic to the candles she didn't open windows removed the candles and came back with more incense and sephora and a bible yeah it's one of those so we're all good now yeah we're in a new place it's a new beginning on so many different levels and it just feels nice it feels like I've been working towards a certain level of comfort in my soul and in my surroundings and in my work life and I've managed to achieve that at a time when the world is falling to shit which means that this could go several ways I could actually use this as a growing point I start to re-establish some boundaries in my life and not just re-establish boundaries in my life for personal life but also work life but I can also allow myself to enjoy in the moment which I don't normally ever do I normally just work and work and work and I don't actually sit back and think do you know what that's actually good what I've done there let me enjoy that so that's what I plan to do that being said welcome to this week and welcome to this week's the ratchet and the righteous okay so this week's ratchet uh the red table talk with Will and Jada Pinkett Smith. It's not necessarily Will and Jada in this that are this week's ratchet. It's all the people that are not calling Jada out for her bullshit. So I watched the table talk. I heard what she had to say. Like, let's be, not be honest. She didn't really want to come to that table talk. The things that have happened, happened four years ago in their marriage. And they say that at the time they were on a break. Or a breakdown and they weren't looking to get back together. I got no problem with the situation in that way. I got no problem with the way they, they handled it. I got no problem looking at Will Smith facing like, why don't you keep your bitches together and get them to sign an NDA? I ain't got no problem with that. My problem is with... It's very simple. If it was Will Smith that had an affair with a 21-year-old friend of the family, 
then all you people on black Twitter would not be praising and hollering and saying how good it is. Why is it okay for this woman, a grown-ass woman, to be taking this boy into her house as a nephew or a cousin uh, or as a child that needs to be mentored? And when I say child, I mean child because even at 21, there is some stage of development that I need to be doing. And when I see say child, I'm referencing the point that in this household, Jada's children are the same age as this man. Yeah? Cool. So we understand that, yeah? It wasn't some stranger. It wasn't some work intern. That No. It was a family friend that was brought to her in a time of need. Now... A lot of healing can take place inside a sexual relationship because I I myself have had a relationship help me do that. But come on, man. It stinks, that old fish. Like, and that's not a reference to Jada's Pinkett's Pussy because clearly this bitch got into an entanglement with a 21-year-old and she can put the shit down because man thinks he's in love. A man thinks it's the greatest love story ever told. Him and Jada's pussy. But it it just it reinforces the stereotype that in order to, for this man to actually feel like a man, he needed to be in possession of an older woman and experience sexuality through the eyes of an older person. There isn't an aspect here of if she is the older person and she knows that this person is in danger, as in he is mentally ill because of the death of his sister and his mother, he's in a place of trauma because he doesn't really have a stable relationship and you're turning that maternal energy that he has for you into a sexual one, there is a problem in that. And it wasn't even a fact that they had the sexual relationship. It was the fact that she described the relationship as her trying to heal someone to make her feel better. And in all the ways that she described the relationship, the dynamic was simply about how it made her feel. And she didn't give an ounce of care or discussion or time to how that relationship might have impacted August Estina. Now, he's clearly not still... He's clearly, clearly, clearly not well. Yeah, still. And the very fact that he's crying out for attention by using a relationship that is four years old as a jumping-off point to sell his the story, to sell his albums, to sell his lifestyle, and then having other people like Kiko Palmer on Twitter, I'm just like... There's a lot of negative energy surrounding this person and it's coming from frustration and it's coming from not understanding his place in the relationship that he thought was the love of his life but it's it's for me it was the cold-blooded way in which no one acknowledged on that table talk that what Jada did was not right in terms of how she treated August Astina yeah Yes, you're trying to heal yourself. Yes, you're trying to be better. Yes, you're trying to be a, get people to be aware of different types of relationships. Yes, you're trying to get people to see that open relationships can exist and that if you're in a long-term relationship, 
that you can be a part of a relationship that doesn't necessarily go on traditional lines of marriage because as a gay person I'm very happy that you're opening especially the black Twitter and social media up to the idea that not all relationships have a singular past which is marriage, have children, die. But at the same time, we need to recognise that you use this boy to make yourself feel better. And then when Will and you got back into a position where you were communicating and then did the work to get back into therapy and re-established a relationship of your own, one, did you tell Will that you had been banging the boy that was his son's best friend? And I, I, was, I just want to know how that discussion went down because my friend looked he Will Smith looked scarier on that table talk than he did in the whole of Suicide Squad let's be honest yeah there was a man that said you know what I don't want to be here for this I don't want to be hearing about some other body banging out my wife's coochie like yes we have an open relationship but my bitches know that they should not chat even four years down the line. But yeah, maybe if you treated Augustina better and you had come to a proper conclusion about your relationship and he had a better understanding about what he meant to you, you wouldn't be having this problem. Just saying. So this is a little bit less old for this podcast, but my second recommendation came out of the blue but it's a moment that i want you all to see because it's kerry washington and sandra O in conversation on the variety youtube channel every year they do this thing called actors on actors where they take different people from different shows and they get them to talk about the work and the artistry of being an actor in a particular show a particular field and then each of them asks questions about their work and it's a lovely 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 loving normally what they do is they get actors that are like in shows that I contradict you, but I guess because of COVID times and your factory, the factor in the fact that they're not actually in a one-to-one situation, there has to be some familiarity. They've got people that kind of know each other to do the questions questioning this time. So you had Reese Witherspoon and Regina Bell, and obviously they were in Legally Blonde too together. And then you have Kerry Washington and Sandra O, and they both come from Shondaland, which is, uh, for those of you that don't know, produces How to Get Away from Murder, How to Get Away with Murder, sorry, um, Scandal, and Grey's Anatomy. So, in about 10 minutes in, after them they're loving, and he talks about how great each person's work is, and Kerry asks, Sandra about the experience of being culturally different to her character and then Sandra expands on that and that talks about being of a different culture, being a US citizen and filming in the British TV industry and she talks about the lack of diversity in the industry. Now this could just pass you by but then when she reconfirms just how backwards British TV sets are compared to the sets of in America, it triggers a point that everybody should be looking forward to as to why 
our biggest black names do not stay in the UK in order to forward their careers. Just saying. Later in the podcast, I'm going to talk about I May Destroy You by Michaela Cole. Yes, it's filmed over here, but the money for that show is coming from America. Don't get it twisted. So I have a question. Um, So the question that was asked for me this week is to talk about um, I May Destroy You by Michaela Cole, which had aired on the BBC in the UK and HBO in America. Now, the reason why the person wanted me to talk about it is because they were... It's a white gay guy. And they were talking about the displays of intimacy between Kwame, the black character who's also gay in the show, and when he goes to her hookup and he, after several experiences in the show, he just wants to be hugged. Now, overall, I love this show. I love the fact that it deals with rape and sexual assault and the different types of sexual assault and the ways sexual assault can happen and the very fact that you have to give consent, not just once, not just twice, but every time there's a sexual act being placed on someone, yeah, because there is an interaction and there therefore there needs to be a conversation on some level about the, the consent needed for that act. That was lovely. Yeah, that was amazing to see. As someone that goes out to gay clubs all the time and hands are thrust upon me from different directions because people don't understand that my body or the way I dress the way I look, the way I feel is not made or done in any way to please anybody else but myself. So if I'm standing in a gay club with my top off, with a harness on or something equally as fabulous, because you know I do like a matching outfit, yeah, and I'm not a wallflower, and I spend time in the gym and I like to show it off because I like to feel good about it. It's not about your praise and what you think about me as an individual. It's about the feeling that I get when I dress up. So, it's it's nice to have a show that does that. It's nice to have a show that deals with black gayness as a thing that is real and substantial and also that is not separated from black culture. Because often, when we have gays on TV, they're all very white, very middle class, and there isn't a black one among them. And if there is a black one among them, it's this singular narrative of the black gay character, which is their parents don't approve of their lifestyle, they've been chucked out at home, they've been on the streets by themselves, and now some white saviour character has come and give them a home, give them somewhere to live, and now they're all happy, and the sun is shining, and their birds are singing, and they're living their best fabulous gay life until their mother turns up, and then they have to confront their mother about all the different treatments that they, they had to go through, and conversion therapies, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, okay, cool. So we didn't have that. But what we were missing in the whole of the show was... At no time did you see Kwame enjoy sex at all. 
So we know that he was hooking up with people. We saw the text messages between the different exchange. And at no way, at no point, did there was there a visual image of black gay sexuality at its most joyful. Now we saw him be intimate. We saw him meet new partners. We saw him um, at one point be sexually assaulted. We saw him play out different roles with white women and the sexual stereotyping that he got when he was sleeping with a woman. But we didn't actually see him enjoy sex and have sex with another man and it'd be actually be joyful. We just saw the hookup on the app. And for me, that's a problem because it keeps Kwame in this particular narrative that what he did and his lifestyle and his choices led up to his sexual assault. But it's not acknowledging the fact that why couldn't he and the, the guy that he first met go back to each other's houses and just have a normal sexual relationship like he would if he was straight? Why? Because the people that live, live in his houses don't approve of his lifestyle. Why is it that they needed to go to somebody else's house for Kwame to be in a position where he could experience a sexual relationship with another partner? Why is it that when the man left, the black guy that was in the house decided to sexually assault him? In the, it's the most violent thing that happens in the show because it's the one form of sexual assault that we are not used to seeing on screen. And for me, why it was even more violent than the actual sexual assault that happened to... Um, Michaela's character, Arabella, is because it was a sexual assault between two black males. And it's so rare for me to see black male sexuality expressed on screen in any way, shape or form, especially when it is two black men, that to actually have that image be a form of rape was, it was heartbreaking. And it made me, one, want to praise Michaela because I realised that she was doing a, doing something that hasn't been done before. Moving the needle, moving, changing the dialogue, making people aware of the situation and the danger that we're in because of how they treat gay sexuality in black culture. Because overall, in all the different circumstances, there is the consent that the person gives and there is the reason why the the consent is given. But also, there is a build-up in the story and a reason why each person was in the situation that they were in and how the, the consent was removed from them, not just by the person that did the act, but the society around them as well. So, when we finally get to the point where Kwame's in a space where he's met someone up and the person turns to him and says to him, I don't want to have sex. Can't we just sit? Can't we just eat? Can't we just talk? Blah, blah, blah. Again, 
in that situation, everybody's looking at it. And because we have so many few images of black male love, again, everybody's looking at that situation and seeing that this man is asking Kwame to just chill, just have a second, just like have a sit down and just eat food and stuff like that. But I'm really sorry, but no. You met on a sex app. You met on a dating app. You went around to someone's house, yeah? There must have been some kind of agreement about what was going to take place before Kwame stepped in that room. And yet again, we're in a situation where the person or perpetrator hasn't given Kwame the ability to have consent about the situation that he's entering in because he's thinking that he's going there for sex and this person is then twisting it around so it is a form of a date. Now, if it was a form of a date, why didn't you not give him the heads up straight away? When you saw him and you thought that this is not someone that you want to just have a one and done with a fling and move on, why did you not stop the situation there, have a chat, have a talk, and say to him, listen, I know that I, I brought you around for, to just do the sex thing, but can we do something else? The dialogue that they had was not that, yeah? It was simply him coming in and not giving Kwame the option of doing what Kwame originally wanted to do and then trying to shame Kwame, Kwame into believing that by wanting sex with this guy, he was doing something wrong. No. There was a moment in which Kwame then asked him for her, a hug, yeah? Which is nice to have someone be open and it's nice to have someone be vulnerable. But let's not pretend that that situation didn't happen till after Kwame was in a situation again and somebody else was pressing their will upon what he wanted as an individual. And that's not what I want to see and a black relationship on TV. I want I wanted to see him go out on a date, meet someone up, have amazing sex on camera, so that it's not just we're seeing the sexual assault, but we can actually see the liberation through sex as well. I wanted to see him orgasm in any kind of way, yeah. But we was just them lying in the bed smoking weed after the deed is done. But we never got to see that. We never got to see that we can have sexual intimacy between two black men on screen. We just got to see sexual aggression. And for me, that's the one thing that the show was missing. Now, I've been on listening to other podcasts talk about the show, particularly the Laid Bear podcast. Obviously, that's a sex-positive podcast. And, they compl- and in some ways, they got it. But when it came to the gay character, they, they completely missed the point. And most straight people kind of miss the point when they're... T- having to discuss the situation that Kwame finds himself in with the other guy, having to go to someone's home in order to have sex with them, having to get a third party involved in order for two men to have sex. Now, it's more common than you think it is. It happens all the time. It's been having him from day... From the first time I've stepped into the gay scene, it's been happening there. 
I can think of many a times when I've been in other people's houses and there's been rooms where people have been having sex and I'm just chatting to someone in the kitchen, drinking my orange juice, uh, looking at the four walls. Because it was a place where everybody knew that the guy that was hosting, normally a white guy, normally off his head on Tina, just saying facts are facts, yeah, was providing a safe space so that the black gay guys could have somewhere that they could meet other people and maybe get done if they wanted to. That now, it didn't always end as badly as it did for Kwame. Most of the time it doesn't. But that's about, again, about dealing with this consent issue. But it's the fact that we're in 2020. Like, if you go on Grindr now, the majority of the black men on Grindr or Tinder or Recon or Adam for Adam will have profiles without their facial pictures on there because we still have to carry the stigma that we're in a society that doesn't understand black sexuality as a spectrum of things and that we're only allowed to ever see black love when it becomes in the form of interracial relationships or black female and black males, normally with a light-skinned woman, so that everybody else feels a bit better. And it's quite depressing. Yeah. But on... uh, I wouldn't raise this up anymore on a good night. I'm looking forward to season two. I didn't like the ending... Maybe it's me, but I literally, I wanted a narrative where, I don't want the rapist to die, but I wanted to see some justice. I wanted to have, I know the character needed peace mentally. I know that she needed to go on a journey so that she understood that as well as what had happened to her had affected her in many different ways. But also that once she started looking at consent as an issue in her lifestyle, that she saw that different things had come up before, which is what happens in therapy. Because it's a reflective process, the more you delve into some of the things, you realise that other things are the triggering points. So it may not just be the one single incident that you went to therapy for that you need healing for, but the list of other things around, which is... Not about saying that you are responsible for what happened to you in a single moment. It's about saying that the healing process that you go through after something bad has happened to you will change depending on the person that you are, depending on what circumstances you are in when the incident happens. God, that was heavy, wasn't it? It's a good show. You should go watch it. Um... It's one of those things when, because of the nature of who I am as a person and the kind of clubs that I've worked in in London, like, you learn to read people's sexual energy because it's a survival mechanism. When you're a go-go boy and you're walking around a club in literally a leather sock slash thong slash underwear pants slash harness... And you're swinging from chandeliers, looking down at clubs and watching people live their best life, whether that be sexually or in the forms of them taking stuff so they're off their face and the lights are blaring and the music's playing and you're just, like, observing people. 
you you tend to see people at their best and at their worst. And it's often the people that you don't see as a threat that are the most danger to you. And it's often things about it's momentary judgments and once again I go back to the fact that this program is should it's one of these things where I kinda of think this program should be part of the natural national curriculum so that people when they come to doing sexual education and relationship studies, people watch these programs so they understand that there are loads of different ways in which you as a person need to give consent not that consent can be taken away with you from you but you, if you are empowered enough yeah if you know the situations that you're going into if you know what could possibly have you happen then you have the option to give consent or to withdraw it that's the point of the program Okay, so that's it for this episode of The Front Room. Um, I know it's a little shorter than normal. Um, next week we'll be back with like a longer episode, so we'll be back to 40, 44 minutes. Um, I want you to have a good week, people. I want you to enjoy this week. I know some of you are going back to normal life, and we're going to talk about that next week, how you feel about that. For me, it's a blessing and a curse because I get back to doing stuff that I emotionally need to do in order to survive long term because this lockdown had me in places and bits that I didn't think I would ever get to. And then I realised this week while I was unpacking the furniture and putting my bedroom on and matching colour schemes and painting walls, I was just like, wow, I really did survive that. I really didn't die from it. I really managed to heal myself in a different way. And then, I should have said this at the beginning of the show, but I met up with... My friend has a friend that I actually know through random encounters when I was younger. And we're both older and we're both more mature. And I was sitting on the grass in Clapham and he looked across at me and he's like, you seem to be in a much better place than you was when we last met. And I was just like, I'm in a much better place than I was 14 weeks ago, mate. <laughs> like, it's been a strange and rapid transition. And I tell this story because like, I still have friends that live in Leicester that are still in lockdown. And I know that it's, an uncomfortable feeling for the rest of the world still being in a place where it's kind of in this emotional apocalyptic limbo where you don't feel that you have the right to enjoy certain things but you do and you should this doesn't mean that we haven't still got work to do it doesn't mean that the black lives matter movement isn't happening it doesn't mean that we don't want justice for Breonna Taylor it doesn't mean that we don't want people to stop murdering trans black women it doesn't mean that we don't want equal rights for everybody and or pay disparity based on race to be shown yes show us the figures people doesn't mean that we don't want to support black culture and black owned businesses and expand on them going forward 
It just means that sometimes it's okay to be happy, especially if you're black, because it's a more powerful political move than you ever really think it is. Be happy, people. Have some joy. Until next time, my name is Sebastian, and this is The Front Room. You can find me at at 140% Fitness on Instagram, at The Front Room Podcast on Instagram, and on Twitter, it's SebEdPT140. Thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you. You'll hear me same time next week.